RadioInfluence.com. Listen, let's just take it back to Bob Marley and just... Oh, no, I, I, I know that, that, that thing right there. I, I think we're in the show right now. It's DJ Eek and the DJ Eakin podcast right here. Um, it's going to be a, a little bit of a different show today. My girl, Brittany Gonzalez, is not here, although... According to the notes that she sends Jason and myself, she should be making an appearance at the end of the show with an, a special interview she's going to bring us. But if not, if it doesn't happen this week, I'm pretty sure it'll happen next week. But that's kind of what we deal with, having Brittany be a lovely part of this show. Um, I, I do got somebody that's pretty special to me on the show today, though. Um, and hey, Amanda, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to let you say your entire name, because the craziest thing is, as close as we are and as much as I love you... Um, if I call you Booger the whole show, which is our pet name for each other, it probably wouldn't come off the same way. So um, I don't even know how to how to describe you, like the way we became friends, uh, uh, interior designer extraordinaire. Um, you may possibly be um, an example of the most independent woman I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> but I love you just the same. So uh, the lovely Amanda Arapahita. Did I get that right? Go. Oh, your turn. Didn't you do it? Arapahita. See, I knew I was going to. And it's crazy how, how long close. I've known you. I never say it, though. I never actually say it. I don't I even know, call you Amanda that much. Years. Oh, it's, it's uh, okay. So, so, That's okay. So now I'm the but, bad you know. guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do this before we get into to what I want to um, definitely talk to you about today. Let's talk a little bit about what you do. You're based in Orlando, interior design. And, and I like the story of kind of how you got there, like how you got to be doing the interior design thing. Oh, um, man. I, should, should we start when we were neighbors? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know if I want to go there because... I, <laughs> Because that could get me. No, I don't think it'll get me canceled. I don't think. No, because we it was. Is it bad that we were neighbors? And and most of what we talked about was, um, do you have hypnotic and do you have Hennessy? Because we would just meet immediately and make incredible hulks. On the sidewalk. <laughs> on the sidewalk. Like, that's neighbors on the sidewalk. No, um, um, I like that part of the story. But I like the part of the story where you were in the legal field and just said, you know what, this is not what I want to do anymore. Because I think that if more people heard that story, then they would be like, you know what, maybe my dream is what's going to make me happy. I, 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 can we get just, can I get that part of the story? A little, a little quick synopsis. Okay. Yeah. So I went to UCF and got my legal studies degree, graduated at 21, then bought the house next to you at 22. Right. <laughs> so I did the litigation paralegal thing for a good solid shoot like almost like 13 years and in that i was also doing like eeo discrimination title seven stuff so yeah i kind of know what i'm talking about here <laughs> a little um at 31 i decided to say i'm going back to school went back to design school left a six-figure job to start all over at an internship making seven and a quarter an hour and did my time with that and flipped my career. And now I'm an interior designer. I have my own interior design firm. It's called interior motive design, but that's after I put in my time with Ikea as a designer and West Elm as a designer. So here I am, but you know, in 10 years, I might be a pilot. So who knows? <laughs> you know what I, what I love about the story a lot too, is because one of the things that you preach a lot and you live by this, cause I, you know, we talk a lot and I watch you is that your happiness meant more to you than any material thing that could ever, that could ever happen. Cause I, one of the parts you left out about the story that I want to make sure people understand is too. 
at 21 when you bought the house, 22 when you bought the house, whatever it was, you bought like what was the biggest model in the neighborhood <laughs> that yeah. I remember that part too. Like, let's not forget that. So you were definitely, and I, me- I remember this gigantic truck you bought that was parked in my yard one day. And I came, I'm like, why is there a truck in my yard? You're like, well, I made it home, but it was my driveway, but it was okay. But, <laughs> but, and then you just like said, you know what? I'm not happy. And when you did it, I was like, wait, it's, so it's not about the money. And you were like, no. So how, how, how happy did the, did the transition make you? Was it less stress? Was it, cause I know it had to be a lot though too, cause you took your income down. You were in these positions that were lower cause you had to build yourself back up to, to move up in what you were doing. How, how hard right. was that struggle? Oh, it was very hard because between changing careers, let's add a divorce and separation in the middle of all that. So right. My last semester of design school, I was going through a divorce. So between that, graduating from design school, letting go of a paralegal job so that I can get back into my, get into a design career while at the same, I'm financially, you know, take a setback because of the divorce. It was kind of like, okay, time to trade in the Mercedes CL 500 for a seven-year-old used Pathfinder with 100,000 miles. So for me, it was more of the love of design than it is the materialistic things. So going after options is more my thing as opposed to money. Right. You do this other cool thing, too, that I like, and I'm getting better at it. I haven't mastered it like I've seen you do it. But I watched you take a trip one time to the Philippines, mm-hmm. I think it was, with just a backpack. Yes. Please explain. Please explain how how because I, I'm taking trips to New York and I'm down to one carry on bag. How how does that happen? The Philippines, which is a whole other side of the world, with just a backpack. <laughs> well, it it comes back down to what is it that you need? You know, most of the time that we travel, right? You look back at, after you start, you get home, you unpack, and you say, "Dang, I only use like twenty five percent of the stuff, right?" Right. So the thing that we fall back on is like, "Oh, we just want options. I want to be able to, you know, whatever I feel like wearing, then I'll have that." But for me, the backpack thing was more of, "Well, instead of having outfit options, I'd rather have airline ticket options. I'd rather be able to be on the move. I'd rather not pay luggage fees. I'd." Just know that I can wear the same shirt two, three times in a vacation. A clean, of course, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, what I'm wearing, nobody cares. Right. <laughs> Where I'm going, that's the conversation that we're having. What I'm driving, nobody cares. Where I've been, that's the conversation we're having. So um, making it simplistic with the backpack thing, you do four T-shirts, four shorts, four pants, Make sure they're solid, thin material, and then now all of a sudden you got 24 outfits if you want to, you know, mix them up. So, yeah, backpack, be simplistic, don't be don't be uh, chained to materialistic things, and it just it just frees yourself. Women do things so much differently than men, Jason. Like, and and it's it's it, I almost feel I almost feel like I like I'm not living up to my full potential right now. I I almost feel like that. Well, listen, there's women that carry, they have a purse uh that has more stuff in their purse on a daily than it is in my backpack going to the Philippines. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not for everybody. Right. 
Well, not for everybody. Let's. Def- I, I definitely wanted to have you on the show because we've been talking about it for a while. But but now we're in a very special time. And if and if you're watching this on 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 our YouTube channel, uh, DJ Eakin TV, um, you will see. Uh, plain as day that the lovely Amanda, a.k.a. my bestie Booger, is of Filipino descent and very beautiful, I might add. And we're in a very strange time for people of Asian descent right now. Um, We just had an incident happen in Georgia where a guy drove to three different locations and killed a bunch of people, six of them being of Asian descent. I I won't dignify his existence by even giving his name some run here, but I guess let me start here with how are you feeling right now? Um, well, when I first heard it, of course, you know, frustration, anger, rage, all of all of those emotions, um, you feel like kind of helpless and like kind of like what is it that I can do? How can we stop this? But at the same time, it's like not that we can't, but first reaction was like, like, like the lady that got attacked in San Francisco, my mom, you know, like I can hold my own, you know, I'm a little tough girl, you know, grew up with a house full of men, (laughs) but it's, it's my Asian counterparts that aren't so, you know, they won't speak up so much or won't defend themselves so much is what I'm more concerned about, you know, and, and the safety, you know, it's just, it disheartens me that, we're just getting targeted, especially the elders, you know, come on. Like if you're coming after older people, they're so defensive. Like, what is that about? You know? So, um, but I definitely think that this is an opportunity to give awareness to, you know, racism against Asians because we really don't hear about it. We don't talk about it. And it's funny that when I started talking about it after the shootings that happened, a lot of people were really surprised to even say like, wow, you, you experience racism. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, do you not think that it's doesn't exist? Not for me. You know? Yes. Ever since I was five. Yes. And until now. And <clears throat> excuse me. I, w- I was waiting for you to finish that thought because honestly, as a black man, I had never really given that any thought. And then, uh, a guy used to work with, I've had him on the podcast. His name is Kyle and Kyle, um, is Asian. And Kyle came on and Kyle said to me, Kyle said, do you know who really experiences the most racism? And he was like Asian people. And as a black man, I was like, how? I ain't even never heard of any. I have, I have mm-hmm. never even heard such a thing. And I, don't get me wrong. I've been a kid like every other kid. I've made an Asian joke. But Asian friends, like I said, you and I, you mean the world to me. So if I joke with you, I joke and I keep moving. But never in my mind have I thought to joke with you in a, in a manner that would be hurtful. And like I said, looking at you, like I said, I've always told you, you are beautiful to me. So when I hear that, and we've never talked about you experiencing racism and I I just never would have known it until it's like, it's like moving up to the top of what's going on right now. And I just Mm -hmm. didn't know it was that bad. Is it? And I mean, I I know you're expressing that to us now, but is it a lot more worse than we would ever think of as a, as another nationality? I think so because of the lack of awareness that it is even going on that like, again, like me, you know, it's like, no way you, you, you deal with that even until now, you know, I'm 42 years old and I've been dealing with it since I was five and it's still, and it's still happening. Um, so like for the Asian community and for all of this to come out, it's, you know, you have to understand that no matter where I go, I'm the one Asian. Right. So 
everywhere I go, you know, we have our Hispanics, we have our blacks, there's a community, but when I'm sitting in the office, when I'm sitting in a new classroom, when I enter a store, wherever I am it. So there is only me, you know, I'm usually the token Asian that everybody knows or one of the few Asians that people know. So, you know, living in a, in a country where you are outnumbered by like 80%, you know, it's going to happen because people have a difficulty with diversity, you know, as soon as like, even when I say like racism started early for me when I was little, like in elementary school, you know, the kids would, you know, exemplify and take their, their eyes and slant them back and have like these kind of like little rhymes that are against the Asian community, just basically making fun of how we speak, what we look like and all of that stuff. And it's like, you know, I look around, it's like, there's nobody else around me that looks like me. Right. So what am I supposed to do? You know? So that's kind of like the thing that people don't realize is like with Asians, we are outnumbered. So we kind of like not get thought of, but because we are the smaller percentage of the population, we're not considered. Right. Do you think part of it, too, is because um, and and I, I, I definitely say this because, like I said, I know your mom and that, that the older the like your older like grandparents and, and, and their parents, because they're more reserved and like a quiet, you know, Asians are seem to me like like a more quieter, reserved like nationality yes. here in this country. And do you think yes. that that's part of the reason why the awareness isn't there of like what? That what your what your what the Asian race goes through because of the yeah. you know the more reserved and and not speaking you know not jumping on everything and speaking all like the younger the younger kids their generation now I know that they speak a lot more I know you will talk I know you will defend but like say your mom or her mom or the generation before that because they're you know known to be more reserved you think that's part of the problem with the awareness of what you guys actually go through definitely it's definitely a cultural thing. Um, like I said, you know, now it's just coming out and here I am 40 some years old, just speaking about it. Um, but definitely a cultural thing. Um, Asian people, we're resilient. (laughs) We're very resilient. You know, when things happen, we just kind of like we take it, but we move on. We try to just press on. And, um, I think because we're not outspoken people, that's why it's not coming to awareness. So that's why I say, you know, I may be, you know, little in my community in the grand scheme of things, but you know, is if I could bring awareness to it and speak on it because I am that Asian to speak on it, then, you know, that's one little step closer, you know, but as, as a spread of an Asian population, most of it, most of us are reserved. You let it pass, see what happens and, you know, kind of, kind of try to do things in, in a procedural way, but not, you know, bring light to it, to the news or the internet or social media or like just, but now it's, it's now it's everybody's seeing what's going on now. Right. One of the, and, and I, I, interesting is not the word that I want to use here, but one of the things about this crime that is, is blowing me. And, and as a black man, this ain't, I'm not surprised by seeing this or hearing this, but it's like, they're trying to have a hard time with saying that this is an actual hate crime. Now right. here, here's, here's my take. If I drive to the same type of place looking for pretty much the same type of people, then I'm targeting certain people. Because if it's right. if it's about sex, if it's about porn, then I don't start at a spa. I'm looking for a porn house or, you know, a porn whatever. Right. right? right. What are your thoughts on hearing the media reports of? First of all, let's start with this one. Let's start with 
the officer in the press conference or the, the spokesperson saying he was having a bad day. Bad day. We, ki- we kill eight people because we're having a bad day. Now, mind you, another part of this, and, I, and I'm jumping here and we'll, we'll get back to it because it's all like coming to, the, to my mind right now, is I am blown yet again how someone can do a mass killing like this. He doesn't have a scar. He doesn't have a bruise. And he's alive. Meanwhile, Breonna Taylor is home in the bed and right. she's dead. George Floyd does not have a weapon at all. Right. And is even begging you to get off of his neck. And right. he's dead. But meanwhile, right. we have yet another mass shooter, white guy. We don't even have a scratch. So let's go back right. to what I said at first before I went off on this little tangent. The parts about him having a bad day and this not being or them having a hard time saying that this is a hate crime. How do you feel about that part of it? Um, I mean, it just it's, with racism is just pure ignorance. It's a denial of what it actually is, because it's funny, you know, when, you know, like when we were going through the elections and people were on the Trump side and the Biden side and stuff. And it's like, it's so funny how racists are. They don't want to be called racist. Right. They have such a difficulty with being labeled with that. But yet, you know, I, I that's what it that floors me is you do certain things, but then you want to deny that that's what you are. Right. You know, so, you know, between the police, you know, and it's a struggle for me because my older brother, he's a police officer. Right. So, you know, there's all these political issues going on. And then when you have someone from the police department saying it was just a bad day, it's just, it's just so blatantly clear and like roll my eyes back. It's, it's systematic racism at, at its finest. Right. There's just nothing, not that there's nothing that we could do, but, you know, the news has certain coverage of it. They've humanized him in, in a way, instead of labeling it for what it is, why is that happening? I have no idea, but I think it's important to say, and no, it is purely racist. <laughs> you know, he came, he came looking for us right. and he shot us up. So let's not, you know, let's not deny that. And these are deadly shots, too, because from what I'm understanding and reading, these are like headshots, people shot in the face. These are things like he clearly, I mean, it's one thing to, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that he wasn't trying to inflict pain because he's shooting them, but these are, I want you to die on one shot type of shots. Yes, from what, from what I'm reading in all the reports that I'm reading. And it's crazy, too, like you said, they're trying to humanize him, right? Because, and, and I'll, another example, and I don't, I don't know if you've seen this, it's a document, the guy, his name was Chris something, but he killed his pregnant wife and his two daughters, and he placed the daughters in the tank. There's a Netflix documentary on it right now, right? Every mm-hmm. picture that they showed of him when they kept talking about him on the news was the family portrait. It was like him and the family. Everybody was happy. Mm. But meanwhile, mm-hmm. they'll dig up an old mugshot of George Floyd or Breonna Taylor smoking right. a blunt somewhere. Or maybe right. she was partying with friends. And, and when it when it comes to to this type and on this side, like you said, they're talking to friends that, that are making sure it's like, well, he had been to to uh, to sex rehab and, and, and for therapy, sex therapy and these type of things. That ain't got nothing to do with waking up that day, going to buy a gun and going to three different locations to kill right. people. Right. It's the same thing, like, you know, with the pulse shooting that happened here in Orlando. You know, the guy visited the club many, many times and then he came back and he did his thing. No different than what happened in Atlanta. So you can't tell me that, you know, there's no uh, 
there's no hate behind this crime. There's definitely nothing but that. Right. You know. Yeah, because isn't that. he isn't he saying something about these things were bothering him so much and they were causing him problems? Like, and and what's also crazy in this report is that they mentioned like he's a religious guy. Right. I'm, I'm oh, wondering. Well, the church denounced him. They I'm, said, I'm, nope, we have nothing to do with that. Because <laughs> I'm wondering what part of the Bible is he reading that it says this is how you get rid of things that bother you? Like, right, what part of the exactly. Bible says that? Like, and I'm not a super religious guy. I'm not. My mother, family, very much into religion, way more than me. But I think I've read enough that I haven't, and I haven't found it anywhere in there where it says, if you don't like something, you go destroy it. You go tear it yeah, down I and cause all these people the harm. He had to skip the chapter or some verse, everything. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think people use that as a means to justify their actions. You know, just, oh, I did it in the name of Jesus. OK, now it's OK. Right. Oh, I did it because I had a sex addiction. Oh, now it's OK. You know, regardless why, at the end of the day, we have people dead and then we Families have destroyed. Right. Families destroyed. I mean, you have a husband and wife who were just coming into the spa to have like a nice day together. And she just had a kid and it's like, now she's dead. You know, it just, it's very, very sad. It doesn't make sense. Um, but to excuse the fact that race wasn't a part of it, that's just pure ignorance socially, um, by the, whoever makes the headlines, whoever writes those stories, whoever portrays, you know, the story, Amongst all of us socially, it's just why write it like that? Right. Here, here's another part of it that that's getting me that that they're writing. And I, I want to get your thoughts on this because I'm trying to figure out how I, as a black man, as a black person, am suddenly involved in this. Like, I, 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 I don't think the shooter was black. I don't think there's any mention of anybody black doing any harm in, in that story. Right. But here's NBC News with an article. How black people can be strong allies to Asian Americans right now. What? Like, like, I, I, I didn't cause any harm here. I'm not the one <laughs> going to someone else's business. Those people are over there making a living. If right. I frequented the place, if I didn't like it, whatever, I'm not the one that is in that mugshot. No one looks like me in that mugshot. What is the need of this article? So when you see stuff like that, like, again, we're looking right past the fact that this is a white guy who pretty much they never want to call a terrorist. They right. never want to call a homegrown terrorist. Right. But, they, but I got NBC News telling me how a black person can be an ally to you. I'm an ally to you already because I treat you with the utmost respect. I treat you like a human being. I'm right. not in your right. business doing bad things. I think what it is is like it's almost like categorizing all minorities together in one group versus white people. So whether you're black, Hispanic, Asian, Indian, whatever. OK, you guys. You guys stay in that one group. You guys support each other. And then it's against white people. However, um, I will say this, you know, growing up being the only Asian person, usually in the classroom or amongst friends or whatever, it is the black and Hispanic community that embraced me and took me in. Because like even like in high school, we were kind of like a little segregated. The Puerto Ricans, you know, hung out over here. The blacks hung out over here and the whites hung out over here. And I'm looking around like, well, where do I go? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's not enough of us, you know. But um, from perspective, though, I've always been embraced by the black and Hispanic community, kind of like here come in. But I think, you know, to say for the blacks to be allies with the Asians, 
you know, it's a good thing. It is always a good thing in numbers, you know, power together. It's kind of like if we have a united front with each other, then, you know, it's all it's supposed to be all love. Right. You know, and it shouldn't be about we shouldn't even be going against white people either. You know, exactly. it's not supposed to be about that. It's supposed to like everybody. We're a human race. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're saying, hey, black people speak for the Asians because they're not talking <laughs> You, here, and here, here's my here's here's my thing on that, right? Here's my thing on that. You made a very good point, right? I don't want to wake up in the morning and it's it's everyone against white people because the first right. thing I will say, and I've said this over and over again, all white people are not bad. All black right. people are not good. All any all of any race is not bad, and all of any race is not good. There are right. bad apples in all of this, right? Right. I just can't give NBC News the respect or the 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 click on this article because I don't need this. I, I, no, right. To me as it a person, right, right. To me as right. a person, it's wake up, look yourself in the mirror and be accountable for your own actions. And when you right. walk out of your house, the people you meet, respect them. You know what I'm saying? Treat them the way that you want to be treated. If I don't like, if you have a business over here that I don't like, to me, the way to respect you and respect myself is not to frequent it. I don't have to go in there and tell you that what you're doing is not something I like. You don't even need to hear that. Just don't frequent it. This is what I don't understand about all these people who do these things like what just happened right if this is bothering you get yourself some therapy you don't go and destroy all these other lives talking about this is how you're gonna this is what you do to get rid of it because you didn't help us this guy did not help a situation right it was his own selfish stuff he didn't help their families because they were working and honest living taking care of their families in the way that they knew how they had businesses. They were paying. Their, there's nothing saying that those businesses were running illegally, that they weren't paying their taxes, that they were right. harming the community. So nothing he did helped anyone else other than himself. Right. And this right. to me is the problem. Like we, these people keep doing stuff like what he's doing. You're not helping the community. You're not helping the world. You're actually doing something that's super destructive because now we got all these distraught people out here. The people that live through it, the people that are somehow connected to it, be it his family, be it the families of the victims that are now here without those people. Like you said, the husband who's lost his wife and lost the baby and, and the baby now doesn't have a mother. You right. didn't help anything with that. And that's my problem with all of this stuff. We don't people don't want to look in the mirror nowadays and say, hold yourself accountable. So how I hold myself accountable is I look in the mirror. Eakin, if you want to be a good person, mm-hmm. be respectful. Right. And if you want respect, give respect. Right. Right. You know, and especially with this going on, like it's like I could take a choice to be like, you know, we're going to fight and be mad and show frustration and anger. It's just like it's very sad of what's going on. But moving forward it's like it's we got to go back to just loving each other remember we're all on this spaceship called earth one human race and if we got lions tigers and bears running down kennedy or orange avenue as a human race (laughs) you know there's no color anymore like it's survival of the fittest so i just wish you know with us humans we would treat each other the same and you know like i know Racism is going to be there. We can't, we can't stop it, but can we respectfully, you stay to your corner, I stay to mine, you know, kind of like if going back to like, if I don't like something, I'm not going to be around you. I'm not going to put myself in a situation. So just stay on that side of town. <laughs> you right. know? Don't come to my side of town if you have a problem with it. So we can all peacefully live together, but separately. Like, it's just a matter of, with racism, it's 
what you act on it. Think, think all the thoughts. Everybody has a different perspective and take on it, but we have to just check our actions and how we go about it, right. you know, and make sure that it's about positivity. It's about moving towards love and, you know, uniting everybody and not being so like it's us against them or, you know, it's all about love. Is there, is there an extra layer though of, um, I don't know if fear is the right word, but I, I guess I would say insecurity maybe with yourself or with people, you know, in the Asian community. And I ask that because as a black man, right. And, and the stories that we've seen with the police, they weren't new to us. They weren't new to me as a black man. Right. So right. any encounters I have with a, with a, with a cop, especially pulling me over like late at night, it's always a little extra for me. And, and I don't mean like the, every cop's been aggressive. I mean, like my moves are very cautious. It's like, you can mm-hmm. see my hands, you're telling me to reach in a glove compartment now to get my registration. I'm going to move now to get my license out. I, I, every move to me is a calculated thought because I don't want this to go bad. So right. now with what we're seeing, now that it's come to light to the world now, because like, again, you've already expressed, this is not something that was new to you. It's just starting. The world is getting light on it. But is there an extra cautiousness, I should say, right now in the, in the Asian community or even with yourself in, in, your, in how you move around now? I mean... Now, how I move around, because now it's like, okay, people are getting jumped for no reason because you think I caused COVID. Like, what? (laughs) Like, I don't understand that. Um, I do have a high level of concern for the elderly on the Asian community because they are getting attacked. Um, Before how I moved, it was kind of like going back to, you know, I'm the one in the store. I'm the only one that's sitting in the classroom. I've always had that, like, okay, well, who's who's going to mess with me? You know, hopefully it's peaceful. Okay, if not. But it's almost like that's been my life. Right. Always. Living here in the United States because I'm, I'm the 1%. I'm the 2% walking around. It's like you're either going to love me. Oh, you're so pretty. Or it's, hey, chink, you don't go back to your country. Wow. You know, I get that a lot. So... When people tell me to go back to their, to my country, I tell them go back to your father's nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that is and that is why I love you. And if they only knew how much fun you were, that's that's the thing right there. If they only knew how much fun you were, um, well, it's like, okay, I'll go to the country. I got this country, but you need to go back to non-existence. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Um, I want to I want to end this on a on a positive note, and I and I want you to to give me something to walk out of here with because um, we're in a real weird place right now. We're in a real weird place in the world. So if you could give me a positive thought on on moving forward from this, or something that you're doing to move forward from it, because like I said again, this is not about me at all right now. This is a very much I'm I, like I said I definitely wanted to talk to you and want to make sure you're okay because I know this one hit home. I you know there's a lot that goes on on TV. But just knowing you and how proud you are of your Asian descent and, you know, like all the stuff we laugh about and talk about and your experiences and stuff like that, just making sure you're okay. So but moving forward, if I could take some a positive thought from you, what would it be? I would say we actually have more in common, all of us, whites, blacks, Hispanics and everybody of the human race. We have more in common that we have differences We have a mother, father, brothers, sisters, family, friends. We all go to work every day. We try to provide for our family. We try to protect our family. You know, we have our neighbors togetherness. We all share 
the same things on how we act as humans. So I think if we focus more on we sh- what commonly we share, then our differences, then maybe we could just like get back to what it is about being human, you know? And then of course, you know, as far as Asians go, like they say, you know, you love our food, love, love us too. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. You too. love our culture, you love our food. I was going to say, you know, love the people too. <laughs> I was going to say like the crazy infatuation they have with, with that. And I, I'm speaking for men in general that they have with Asian women. I don't even know how something like this even goes on. You know, like it's, 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 it's just a crazy world out here. Um, but we are going to do our part to make it better. Um, how can yeah. they find you on, on social media and see some of your work as well on, on interior design? Cause I know some people like myself need your help, you know, cause I will call you with the, with the craziest <laughs> questions. Um, yeah. Well, you can find me on Instagram at interior motive design. And then if you want to peep out my personal life, I am at the Panda experience. Yeah. The Panda. And that, that's an experience. That's an experience. It's an right experience there. <laughs> of a lifetime. <laughs> What's the craziest thing you've done as of late anyway, because you're always doing something like there's a surfboard. I saw you, I saw you, uh, in Mexico one time lifting the, the, the crazy weight setup they had at Tulum or oh, something yeah. like that. Um, what's next on that? What's next on the Panda experience? That's a, oh, you know I what? That's a show within itself. That's a show we should produce right there. The Panda experience, because you, <laughs> they think they out here trying to get Cardi B to try anything. You <laughs> will try almost anything. Listen, I can plan my life one week ahead of time, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I went to was it I went to Mexico a couple weeks ago. I bought my plane ticket a few hours before it was time to leave. Wow. Yep. That's, and then before that, went to Puerto Rico, went surfing for a week. You know, it's just different adventures every single month. So next month, I don't know where I'm going. Let's see. Let's see what the travel restrictions are. Well. I I am glad you took the time to hang out with me here on the DJ Aiken podcast. Um, and um, I think I'll have you back more just just so I can just get get more of the panda experience. Because I think we if we just we could we could you know we could have you come on and talk about travel. That's what we could oh, do. Yeah. We could have you come on and talk travel. about travel and your experiences. Um, you know, in other places. I I think that'd be a that'd be a cool cool bit for the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk yeah. to Brittany about that. Not that she has a real opinion but you know we'll do that um yeah we'll get everybody on backpack status boom there you go <laughs> i appreciate you man thanks to everybody for checking us out right here at the dj Aiken podcast of course miss amanda aka only i get to call her booger so do not hashtag her booger do not be going into her social media going hey booger don't dm her she will not respond that's how it goes um we'll talk to you soon and please stay safe out there um if you need me call me um even if it's just to yell in my ear and we will have drinks soon thank you so much all right Hey, hey, hey. Love you. Talk soon. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. 
We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 